Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special crossover edition of Fantasy Foes in the Marketplace. Adam Ronis. I swear he's here. He just, yeah, it would have, I'm, hey. I'm here. That's right. Oh, good times. Always good here to be here with you, Nando, filling in. I couldn't ask for a better fill-in to replace Corey. Well, actually, yeah, well, so you're a fill-in to replace Corey for me, too, so. Okay. Yeah. That's right. We're I'm filling in for each other. <laughs> We're double fill-ins for Corey. Try and wrap your heads around that. Um, hey, listen, you came for a fantasy show? We're going to give you a fantasy show. Ronis and I haven't done a show together in a while. Right? You're right about that. It has been a long time since we did a show. We, you never invite me on any of your podcasts. Yeah. Do you uh, want to come on? Would you come I, on? Of course. If I invite you, you're too busy. You won't even go to lunch with me anymore. I've been trying to go to lunch with you for three years now, but you have 75 kids. You have no time to go out so we don't live that far from each other and you know i miss you man and i want i want to do lunch you know what? i have no idea like i moved to this town that i live in without knowing where it is on a map like i still have no idea how far away we live from each other wait uh i think oh, you told me the name of your town i think i passed it when i was coming back from the beach i think you're about 25 30 minutes from me we're like exit like 135 i don't even know anything about exits well the beach i mean I if you go to you go to asbury park that's like 102 Okay, I go. I went to Long Branch last week. That's the same exit. Okay, yeah, it's a similar area. Right, well, hey, you know, um, the, yeah, I, th- I think you're about 25, 30 minutes from me. I don't know. It's not if, awful. All right, that's great. We can meet halfway, and that's only like 14 minutes each. There we go. Yeah. Yeah! So all I got to do now is give me a few weeks to save up money, because I always have to pay for your meals, and you get oh, two. Oh, stop. You always so, get out of here. <laughs> you... <laughs> All right, you don't have to pay for my meal. How about that? Yeah, no <laughs> we'll see when you go to the bathroom when the bill comes. We'll see. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're you put it on the company account. Get out of here. I gotta look. I gotta look at your phone and just see you get a Venmo from Lisa Ann with a note. I'll cover this one, Ronis. Yeah, okay. I don't have Venmo, so you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> Ronis, uh, hey man, how many more drafts do you have this season? Oh, a lot. I have actually this week. Um, well, this will. How many that you care about? How many that you care about? How about that? I care honestly. I care about every draft I'm in. My name's on it. I've always said this. Uh, there are a lot of leagues, obviously, that are just bragging rights. I've tried to cut those out. I'm trying to think. I think I have the Scott Fishball. I'm going to be honest. That's the one that probably is at the bottom because that's more for charity. We do it in early July. It's a unique scoring system. Yeah. And I I tend not to do great in that. So if I'm gonna have a poor showing in any draft, I actually don't mind that. Again, not disrespecting it at all i mean the flex league draft is an industry league draft where you get a belt so no money on the line there uh have the gst draft coming up this week and that's always a fun time because you got industry people high stakes fans listeners of the shows over the years so that's always fun and that's been a real competitive league uh, out of the last 10 winners nine different people dude gst uh, league is like like should be up in like the upper tier of respected by people who read fantasy leagues like, GST is like an accidental expert league, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's close to it. Again, there are some fans, listeners, but they're pretty savvy. Obviously, they've consumed a lot of our content, your content over the years, so they're pretty sharp. It's just a good time. We get to do it in person. You know, there were a few years where we didn't due to COVID, but we went back last year. We'll be there again this year. And I'm doing some high-stakes drafts as well. So, yeah, there's still at least 
you know, five more, and I'm I could see adding another one or two, but I usually wind up in the double digits. Are you doing best balls? Yeah, I've done a lot of best balls. Um, I'm in a slow one right now on DraftKings. Uh, so yeah, I like doing that. It's similar to baseball where I like to do the Draft Champions leagues because I love Draft Champions. Me, me too. And I did. I only did three for baseball this year. Uh, the 50 round drafts. Two of them, the team sucks. One of them has been really good. It's currently in second place and uh, on the rise. But I think the goal of that, obviously, you want to try and win some money. But the idea is to get an understanding of the player pool, trying to figure out what kind of strategies you're going to use. And it's the same with football. Obviously, some players move up, some move down, and it's a little bit of a different strategy. But in general, it's similar. And I just think it gives you a good idea of how you're going to attack things where players are going in drafts. So I always try to do as many as possible and maybe I might add one more uh, cause they're, I, I tend to do the ones with the slow clock. Uh, you just so. get the email. You mean you get the email, like you're up and then you go and check the room. You're like, all right, let's go. Well, I, or the Donovan people's I'm Jones, you are mine. I'm anxious. So I check like every 10 minutes. But why you just, you get emails. That's the whole point. I understand that, but I like to see what's going on. I mean, I did one. I did oh, you do? FFPC. I don't care. I did it. I know that. Uh, I did an FFPC slow draft picking at 12. So that's like you make your two picks and then, all right, uh, check back in two days. Man, that sucks. It, actually, I, or is it? Or is that kind of nice, actually, not to be bothered by it? Probably, yeah, because you get huh. your two picks out of the way and then, you know, you go live your life for a little bit. Huh. I haven't done any. I like my, my theory, and it's not mine. Someone said it once. I think like on on air somewhere. Like you do ten of those best ball tens. With I think that it was MFL tens. Ten of those, a hundred bucks. You know, you win two and you've made you know money, right? right. Like you, you win one and now you place in one. You've made money. So you take ten shots. If you're halfway decent at it, right? Then you're in good shape. Yeah, no, I and they're fun to do too, and it really gets you. Like I start doing them late May, early June. Uh, that's where I start to put everything together. Yeah, uh, it's obviously tough because I do baseball and basketball. You know, there's some people that do these football drafts year round. You know, they just start when the Super Bowl ends because they only do one sport. Yeah, uh, it's a little bit more challenging, and I know you do baseball too, so it's a little bit tougher. But uh, once you start doing them. You really get into a flow and a groove, and you start to get the thirst for football again. Yeah, you know, every like every time, I say like at the end of every baseball season, I'm ready for football, and at the end of every football season, I'm ready for baseball. Go figure. That is true. I mean, I guess it also depends on where you are. I still have like a lot of teams in baseball. Oh, yeah, because you're Adam Ronis, the greatest baseball well, no, player in the world. Honestly, it's gonna be it's it's really gonna be rough here in September. It's always a challenge. Because, you know, you got fab on Sunday night, man. And you're going to have four fab periods or three with the NFL. So uh, it's it's going to be tough, but you got to figure out a way, uh, even though budgets are low. But, you know, you know, baseball championships, how you've seen it many times, it comes down to the last day. Yeah. It, like the last play of the last day sometimes. Yeah. Um, or that 163rd that. game. Uh, hopefully not, man. I, I don't need that stress. Just please let me be in first place. <laughs> or second. Just give me a line. I don't want to just don't want to be tied. Um, hey, let's get into some football advice. I think that's what people are listening to the show, I would assume. You know what happens when you assume. Yes, I do. Are you afraid of Jonathan Taylor? I know everyone's talking about it. I just want to know your opinion on it. Like I'm going like yeah. full throttle in on Jonathan Taylor. 
uh, I'm not. I'm completely out just because there's way too many question marks and I don't want to deal with a question mark in round two or three of my drafts. Uh, it's not only the whole situation with his contract and him wanting to be traded. It's questionable offensive line. This is not the same offensive line he had two years ago when he went off. He's got uh, a rookie quarterback that can run, that could steal some goal line carries. Uh, the offense could take some time to transition under Richardson. I don't think he catches a ton of passes with Richardson at quarterback. He's coming off uh, surgery. There's just way too many question marks for me. And I don't feel the need to take a running back early. And look, if he burns me, he burns me. But I'm going to let someone else deal with that headache and you know get my running backs later. So uh, I have not taken Taylor in any draft. Of course, there could be a price because... Um, Josh Jacobs, I'm in a similar mindset, uh, but I did do a draft two weeks ago where Josh Jacobs fell to me at 5-2 oh. after I started four straight wide receivers. Really? It's a league where, you, yeah, you start two running backs, three receivers, and two flexes. So we already know wide receivers are being drafted heavily early on in even leagues with one flex spot. Obviously, with two and PPR, they go heavy. So I went four straight receivers, and Jacobs sitting there at 5-2, and I said... I can't pass this up here. Uh, what if he comes back and I don't even need him to be what he was last year. I think the other concern people have with Jacobs is the massive workload that he had last year. And you can go back and look at some of the running backs coming off massive workloads that weren't good. But I don't think many of them were 25 years old either, like Jacobs. So, yes, uh, at some point, uh, Taylor could become a value. If I'm sitting there in round four and everyone else thinks like me, maybe I'll take a shot on him. But that's unlikely. Uh, so I'm passing on him in rounds two and three. I think Taylor's going to keep dropping, though. I think by the time, you know, like our last, you know, Labor Day drafts happen, I think it's you're going to be looking at Taylor in like the fourth or fifth. Like, I think he's going to travel down with Jacobs and they're going to sit there together. Really? I could be. I mean, obviously, the closer we get, uh, the concern uh, heightens. Um, I'm looking uh, the last week. Uh, over at the NFFC, and Taylor, his ADP is 27, so yeah. second pick of round three. So, uh, whereas Jacobs goes the end of round three. So right now, uh, people have more confidence in Taylor. And again, I'm I'm gonna pass on both right now. All right, fair. Uh, are you messing with other backups? It seems like their backups have kind of risen to a point where it's kind of like, all right, like. Yeah, it's not even worth it. Like this isn't even like you know. There are no secrets anymore. There's no strategy anymore. I feel like you got to be super confident that like Josh Jacobs is telling the truth when he says you know I've got enough money. I'm gonna take the year off and just relax. Um, and then you go look at like who you know whoever you like in that backfield. I don't think there's a clear backup in that in that Raiders backfield. Maybe you do. Zemir White. They've kind of talked him up. I have taken him in some drafts. I think I believe even in the same draft that I took Jacobs, that I took Zemir White. You know, his ADP is around 13th round recently over the last week in the NFFC. So, you know, in that range, I'm okay taking him. A lot of players in those rounds are not going to work out anyway. You're going to wind up cutting him. So I would take a shot there and see what happens. And if Jacobs does return, you could either hold on for a couple weeks or you could just cut him. So uh, I'm, I'm willing to take him. I think with the Colts, it's really not clear cut. Um, Zach Moss is hurt right now you would think maybe he's the guy they have Evan Hall I know they have Kenya Drake in champ in camp so there's really no clear-cut guy there that you're really uh Deion Jackson is still there he's shown flashes so 
with them, it's not clear-cut at all. I guess it would be Moss if he's healthy, um, but he's really fallen uh, because of the injury. It's kind of boring. Like, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, th- this is boring, right? Like, talking about the Josh Jacobs backup. Like, I, Mike, uh, Mike Vorkanov did a story for us about the 2014 season, and it was like Le'Veon Bell was one. Uh, I forget who's going against. But like that was the year Adrian Peterson played a game, and then got suspended. And you're like, man, you could really like get smoked. And then you know, shortly thereafter, Le'Veon Bell decided just to take a year off. And I think that's instilled fear into everybody, right? Uh, I think no. I I think most people don't think that they'll make a mistake like Bell because it really did hurt Bell. And did it? He signed a huge contract. Out. What do you mean? It worked well, out for Bill. From, no, well, for him, but I'm saying from a uh, football perspective, from a stats or fantasy, he wasn't good after that. So, and also, the, these guys, I know you mentioned Jacob said he has enough money, but no one likes to miss out on paychecks, man. Right. You know, you just don't. And it's. I think most people don't feel that he's going to sit out, that he'll return because he doesn't want to miss out on paychecks. Well, if you follow the Le'Veon Bell I mean, look, you, I, if you're Josh Jacobs, you say, am I risking injury playing on this contract that, you know, I believe that I am worth way more than, or if I sit out this year, then I get the Le'Veon Bell payday. I don't know. No one, running backs don't get paid anything. They just don't. That's I, true. I, look, I see both sides to it. Like, I see it from an owner's perspective. Like, I wouldn't pay these guys either. I'm a Cowboys fan, and they made a huge mistake giving Zeke all that money. Uh, it's just the running backs. It sucks the position they're in because they get huge workloads in their rookie deals four or five years, and right. then they're on the downside, and teams don't want to pay them. And I understand why. If you look, I mean, what elite running back has led a team to a Super Bowl? I mean, Kansas City won last year. They won a couple titles. They don't have elite running backs, so it's a tough spot. I I do feel bad for these running backs because they're just not going to get paid anymore. Yeah, it's uh I mean I'm sure something will happen where they fix that. But we'll see. You want to talk about some trading cards? No. I know. Um, <laughs> uh, um hey, I got a a random one for you that I'm still befuddled by. And I don't want to make the same mistake again, but I don't know how, like Kenny Galladay, who was really good and then disappeared with the Giants, completely disappeared, like became a non-factor, and it was through, you know, Two coaches. It wasn't like a coaching regime change. Like what? Like what happened there, Ronis? In your opinion, like how how does a guy go from being that good, and like you know he got his contract, whatever, and then became a complete non-factor, and like oh yeah maybe next year you know he's coming off an injury, nothing happens the next year, maybe next year, and then he's basically done and inactive for most of the season. Like who's who's the bottom going to fall out on next? How can you make sure you don't fall into the Kenny Galladay trap? I guess. Um, look, did I think Galladay would fall off like he did? No, but I was definitely not on him once he came over to the Giants. I mean, he his last season in Detroit, he was 27 years old, a bigger receiver who got paid. Look, here's the thing. I've always said this. You know, you see a lot of players come out of college, and they're really talented, and some absolutely fail. Now, I don't know if you watched the Johnny Manziel documentary on Netflix. Have you seen it? No, why would I watch the Johnny Manziel documentary? But, uh, no, it's a good example of, okay – Here's a guy coming out of college, a lot of buzz. He was great. And you don't know what the guy is doing off the field. He never watched any tape at all. Not one. They said he never opened his iPad. He talked about how when he got to Cleveland, 
he didn't want to be there. He didn't have a love for football. So some of these guys, I know it's hard to believe, some of these guys just don't love the game. They get paid and that's it. They check out. I think that's what happened to Galladay. You know, you get your big money, you get your signing bonus, you just don't work as hard. And that's always the toughest thing when you're trying to gauge with players coming over from college to the pros. You know, how many of them just are like, hey, I got $10 million signing bonus, I'm good. I can, you know, survive on this rest of my life. Ah, I'm not gonna put in the work. I think that does happen more than we think. Uh, you just don't know guys' dedication level off the field. Like, we all know everyone is talented, but what separates you and makes you a consistent you know, Pro Bowl player or all pro is how much work you put in, how much study do you do, uh, how much workout, taking, taking care of your body, eating. I've seen some of these guys where they say, yeah, all I do is eat uh, you know, fast food and sugar. I think Yohan Mankata was one guy. Maybe that's why he sucks. Yeah. You got to take care of your body, man. Your body is your vehicle to success. And I think some of these guys don't, and they just don't have the dedication. So that's the only explanation I could see with Galladay is that he just got the big payday, and he just said, yeah, I'm out. And maybe coming to New York, maybe he was going out a lot, distractions. I don't know. But it's that's one of the hardest things I've always said in fantasy is you just – we don't know what all these guys are doing off the field, you know, Clearly, we can look at stats and talent, but we don't know what their drive and dedication is off the field. Uh, we got some breaking news. Sam Darnold has been named the backup for the 49ers, which kind of Ronis leads me to believe that he's going to, at some point, be the starter for the 49ers, like week four, week five. Um, I, I don't know, man. Brock Purdy's coming off basically Tommy John surgery. I don't know if like he's going to have the same pop. And also, I'm not sure, like, he didn't really give people a chance to catch up to him. You know what I mean? Like, he just showed up, fit into that offense, did well. Like, he was Tom Brady. He, for, for six games, he was Tom Brady. I don't know, man. I'm just not sure, like, now that everybody's gotten to watch film and they know what's going on and they see what's happening, I don't know if, I don't, I don't know if he's got it. I have no idea. Like, I, you know, I'm not a scout. I don't see things, but I just – I feel like there's a lot of stuff working against him, and I feel like they like Sam Darnold a lot, a whole lot. I mean, the one thing, you're right about Purdy. You know, he came in and was great. I think, though, in this offense, like, you don't need the quarterback to be outstanding. They just have so many weapons, and you saw it the way they utilize them. Just get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. I mean, Debo's so great after the catch. IU, Kittle, McCaffrey, they just have so many weapons on offense. They don't need the quarterback to be Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes has to carry the Chiefs, or at least last year. They didn't have a lot of weapons. It was him and Kelsey, and a bunch of average wide receivers. That's not the case in San Francisco. So they just need Purdy to continue to what he did last year, just run the offense efficiently. He doesn't need to throw 40-yard bombs down the field. It's just precision and timing. So, you know, I think he'll be solid. Uh, there's reports in camp that he's been good, and he's clearly the starter. So Darnold, obviously, this would be the best situation he's in. Uh, turnovers have been a big problem in his career, but – I mean, Trey Lance, man, you talk about, you know, a pick they drafted earlier that hasn't worked out. I mean, he hasn't really had much of an opportunity, to be fair, either. But I would think someone would take him as a backup. I um, I don't know, man. Like, New England again? Like, every time something like this happens, like, oh, well, you know, Bill Belichick can fix him. And it seems like he doesn't have that same magic, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah, New England, definitely, it's, it hasn't been the same. Uh, obviously, pretty being gone, uh that that's going to happen uh but yeah i mean i think the problem is no team is going to give up a lot for lance they're not going to get a, a good pick but you know um maybe a fifth sixth round pick maybe 
Uh, but I'm sure a lot of teams would be potentially interested. You know, I'm also eyeballing Malik Willis. I mean, I guess this is more like a super flex two quarterback kind of thing uh, for both of these guys or a card buying opportunity. But uh, I, I think Malik Willis is going to come in and do some good stuff for Tennessee. I think he might have just needed like that year of acclimation. You know, I, call me crazy, Ronis, but it just feels like the Tannehill era, uh, you know, he's either going to get hurt or slow down or something weird is going to happen there. And Malik Willis is going to step in and everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, we forgot how good. Oh, this is why Malik Willis was, you know, there were rumors he was going to be like a top five pick. Uh, I mean, I would think Levis, they believe, is the future since they drafted him. Now, maybe early in the year, Willis is the backup. Look, Tannehill, Tannehill's been pretty good, man, when he's gotten the opportunity. I know last year he was a little banked up. Their offensive line. Tannehill was good with A.J. Brown, and he doesn't have A.J. Brown anymore. He has DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, and Oconquo, man. I think they have good weapons on this team. They clearly showed they're not. When they went and got Hopkins, they showed that they're in for this year. It is a. You don't think Hopkins is like Julio Jones 2.0? Um, I said that last year, and I was clearly wrong when he came back. Um, but you're right. I do worry about him. I definitely do. But, you know, he was getting open, and a lot of the stats showed that he was still good. But you're right. I would not be surprised by that. But it is better than what they had um, last year. I definitely yeah. like Traylon Burks. I love lot. Burks. Yeah, me too. I mean, I hated that Hopkins went there because I was taking a lot of Burks early. I think it might not be as bad as people think. Um, no, I love Burks can still get like 94 targets and DeAndre Hopkins can just take him away from everybody else. Yeah. Like it's not like there's a, a limited amount of targets on Traylon Burks that have to go to DeAndre Hopkins. Well, a lot's going to depend on how Tennessee plays because they've been like a bottom five passing offense the last few years. Now, a lot of that's because they've had team success where they've won games, they play from ahead and they pound Henry. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that this year. Now, the division, they. Look, everyone's picking Jacksonville to win the division. You can understand why. But I will say this. Don't discount Mike Vrabel, man. That guy is one of the best coaches in the NFL. Like, I thought he did a great job last year. I know they finished under 500, but for a while they were winning a lot of games uh, when Tannehill was healthy. He just gets the team to overachieve all the time. So if if they play from behind, they're going to have to pass a little bit more, and that could help Tannehill in the passing game. But I think Tannehill's actually a, a solid super flex play. No one wants him. He goes late. So if you're in a situation where you wait, uh, I don't mind Tannehill as my second quarterback. If you you know take one elite one early and you just get stuck in a position where they're not great options. I know a lot of his production came from rushing. I think he had seven rushing touchdowns in two of the three seasons that he finished as a one year. I think he was QB7, the other one like QB13 or 14. So you can't expect the seven rushing touchdowns, but maybe the pass volume goes up if they have to play from behind. You know, um, another thing, that this might be, well, actually, I don't know if it's too deep. It is kind of deep. But I saw some people in the comments of a story we did about the Jets today talking about it, um, about how, you know, Corey Davis is going to be higher on the depth chart than people believe. Speaking of the Titans, Corey Davis just announced he's retiring, uh, which I find very, like, sad and interesting. He's played for six years. He seemed to have some rapport uh, you know, not obviously not with Rodgers, but like with little Zach Wilson. It seemed like he, Zach Wilson loved going to Corey Davis. I believe it was early last season. Or was it Darnold early two seasons? Whatever it was, he had a nice rapport, and then he got hurt. He gets hurt a lot. It looked like he was going to get hurt again and maybe miss week one at the very least. And instead, he's just like, see you later. Um, and meanwhile, you know, they got Alan Lazard, who everyone's like, oh, he came with Rodgers. But the dude's never had more than 800 yards in a season with Rodgers. So I don't know where that's coming from. 
Um, one of our beat writers, Zach Rosenblatt, who is the Jets beat writer, uh, was was talking about Nicole Hardman might have a bigger role than you think, like one of those. So now everyone's on Garrett Wilson. That's cool. I like Garrett Wilson. Corey Davis gone now. There's a report out there somewhere that Randall Cobb might have a larger role than people think. But I, I really think, man, like it might be McCole Hardman who has the second most, I don't know, production fantasy points of all the pass catchers on this team. And with Corey Davis gone, like maybe a little more Randall Cobb, but Lazard will get, you know, 600 yards, whatever. Am I wrong, Ronis? No, I think McCole Hardman, and I, I don't know if I've drafted him yet, maybe one league, but as I was going through my rankings, I'm like, you know what? This is a guy that I would take a shot on for sure. Um, I know it didn't go well for him in Kansas City with Mahomes, but, you know, maybe it could with Aaron Rodgers uh, here because uh, there's not a ton of passing targets. I mean, I thought Corey Davis could be kind of interesting here. You know, he's 28 years old. I wonder what, I mean, you know, again, you don't know if something personal is going on with him or maybe he wasn't getting the ball enough. Like you don't retire you know, though. Um, maybe, maybe he just wasn't happy there. Though. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, Randall, there was a, there was a clip of Randall Cobb in hard knocks basically saying, Hey, if you don't do, and we all know this, we, this has been known facts for years. If you don't earn the trust of Rodgers, he's not throwing you the ball. Like, he doesn't like to throw interceptions, and if you don't run the right route, you're not in the right spot, he will not throw you the ball. And we've seen that. So maybe that was the situation. And he's like, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to retire. But I don't know. We'll see if he, uh, if there's any uh, further detail on that. But, yeah, I think people were taking Davis in the later rounds, you know, eight round 18, round 19. Um, and now that pick uh, looks uh, clearly wasted. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, you know, just pick someone up. Next well, week. If it's best ball, you can't. Oh, well, that, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I didn't know we were still talking best ball. Well, I mean, people are still doing it. All right. We're going to – that conversation's over? No more. Well, no, I mean, I, we can. I just – you know, I didn't know I had to say, like, you know, best ball section over. No. <laughs> no, go ahead. Continue. I thought I was speaking to the <laughs> – to the larger contingent of listeners who play in leagues we can add and drop and stuff. Okay. Let me just put a note for the show notes. Best ball – Ends at twenty five twenty seven. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I want to jump in. Like I like I do want to. I gotta get. I'm gonna put my hundred bucks in and do ten of them. I think. I need it. You know. I need ten best ball teams. Well, you better get started. What are you gonna do them all at once or slow clock? No, I mean I can. Well, I, there's got to be a few with like a four hour clock still. I can't yeah, do a one hour do. clock. That's not slow enough. Yeah, but what are you going to do? 10? You're going to install all 10 now? But no, then I'll do like I'll do a bunch of one-minute clock. You know, I'll just sit there and do oh, okay. it yeah, over like an hour. You have to because uh, the season is uh, it's two weeks from you, Thursday. Ronis, I did a gladiator league, uh, a second-half gladiator league with NFBC. You know the one where you just draft 23 players and call it a day and then yes. accrue all the stats and whatever happens, happens? Yeah. Um, I never felt so good coming out of that draft, and my team is terrible. Injuries? Uh, injuries, and then Luis Severino, basically. Oh, jeez. Yeah. He was so late. No, well, it was second half, so I'm like, he can't be, he can't be, he doesn't have an ADRA, you know, like it's. Well, he can be worse, as you're finding out. It really, like, then stop pitching him, you know what I mean? Like, we've played this long enough, and watched enough baseball, like, like I got Michael Kopech on an AL-only team that's in first place right now. He's horrible. 
That's the thing. He's hurt. Like, something's clearly wrong well, with this guy. Well, I don't know if you saw it today. No, I got fortunate. Um, I'm, look, we always talk about bad beats in betting, right? I'm not going to lie. Today, I got fortunate. I wrote up uh, at themessenger.com. Michael Kopech, under five and a half Ks. He had five Ks in four innings with 65 pitches left with injury. So, Oh, oh no way. He did? I, I didn't yeah. see that yet. Yes, he did. So, And he was a typical Kopech, right? He either gets hit hard or walks guys. Well, today, four innings, one hit, no runs, four walks, five Ks. This is ridiculous. Yeah, he's just, I don't know, man. He's just a mess. He just walks way too many guys. Yeah. And his strikeouts going into today were down. So that's why I took it, and Seattle's been one of the hottest teams in baseball. Well, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's an A-only league that doesn't have a bench. It's It's got weird rules, so you can't replace a guy yeah. unless he's hurt. Yeah, or, or can. like, you can pick someone off the waiver wire. Like, you know, to, but, like... That's it. You can't just go out and do an ad drop. So, I'm not happy to see someone get hurt, but I'm a little relieved that we have an answer for his poor performance now. Uh, Yeah, I'm in 12th place out of 15. I am 45 points back from the lead with my poor little gladiator team. Sucks. But what do you do? Anthony Rizzo, Jared Kelenic. Oh, my goodness. You, yeah. You talk about disaster. I mean, these are guys, you just need, you need at bats in this league. Oh, yeah, of course. In the mono league, you just, you, you need, but uh, you're getting a lot of bad at bats. Oh, Domingo, Domingo Herman is on this team. Oh, boy. <laughs> I did not catch any breaks. Holy crap, man. Well, it's better to happen like that, right? Instead of, like, getting teased, just, like, get smacked in the face and it's over. That's Kelly, the way I felt man. about the Mets this year. They ended my season early. Now I don't, you know, I don't have to deal with the stress of a pennant race. It was over early. We don't run. That's why I always say, like, let's make these fantasy baseball leagues sixty-day windows, so I can just play from like June first to August first, and then be done. You know what I mean? Like, or like, I don't like June fifth to August fifth. I I've seen people suggest that to try to kind of generate more interest with fantasy baseball or ending at the All Star break. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm just too much of a traditionalist. I just like the whole six months season. I think it's a better representative of who's better. So, but again, I think you do have to be open to generate more interest. But I don't know if that's going to do it for the casual player. I just, I just think with baseball, it's a six-month season, and people just don't have the patience and, and time to pay attention for the full six months. That's why I'm saying do sixty days. But is that going to work, though? You think that's going to generate more interest? I don't think. Well, it no. Will. I mean, it'll, I think it'll hold the people who are like, "This is I can't." Uh, no, thank you. Okay, well, I'll give it a shot. You, you well, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, someone else should create it. <laughs> <laughs> I got things to do, man. Okay. People to see. And kids to raise. Yeah, kids, kids to raise. raise. Yeah, the podcast to do. I'm doing a Vaccaro podcast now on Wednesdays, and they're making oh, us nice. do video. Well, we got to do video. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad to see that you guys are back. Yeah. He uh, he needs me to function properly. <laughs> he can't function without you. I'll let him know that when I see him on Saturday <laughs> at the draft. Yeah. Oh, Ronus. What are you on Friday? Come on over Friday. I'm gonna be drinking in the backyard with a couple guys. Friday, the plan is right now to go to the Mets game. The only reason why is Shohei Otani's in town, and I want to see him in person. Would you get a press? Why don't you get a press pass through the messenger and go like see him for real? Eh. For what? I'd have to talk to Yeah, just walk up to him. Hey, I shook Shohei Otani's hand once. Nah, what does that do? You could ask I him just, some questions. I just, I just I just shook Des Bryant's hand and took a picture. What does that do? Well, I mean, who cares about Des Bryant, man? He's he's 
He's what I do. He's one of my favorite players growing he's up. Flooded. He's flooded the, too much. There's too much Des Bryant. No, there's not. Yeah, he's like there's sweating all these uh, NFT people. You know. Uh, stop being a hater. But yeah, no, I'm not a hater. I. If I don't go, um, then I will stop by. But the plan is now. I, I haven't gone to a Mets game since. When did I go last? Was it June? I don't think I went in July. Yeah, there's right? no need to go to Mets games. I usually man. go to. What a are they giving away? Are they giving anything away? I. You know what? I think. No. One That's the first thing I look at. I think they made it a Japanese Heritage Night, which oh, really? is so funny because Otani's there. Well, they have Kodai Senga, right? That's true. Yeah, you're right. Maybe it's not as bad as you're making it sound. No, but I when I first saw, I don't know how far in advance they planned it, but I was like, hmm. Actually, Senga is pitching on Friday. Look at that. That could be a good game. Tani is not, uh, and I he was pitching today, and I think I just saw that he was removed from the game. No, is he? I'm looking, yeah, because I was, yeah, he was taken out after 26 pitches, but he homered, 44th home run. No, there you go. All right. Listen, man, this is a football show. All right, then you <laughs> Let's go. Where are you on Ramondre Stevenson? You're the, you're the navigator. I just follow your lead, man. I try. Hey, where are you on uh, Jameer Gibbs? I've, I've gotten... I don't think anyone is as polarizing in fantasy this year as he is. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think in a lot of the high-stakes leagues, he goes in round two, um, especially in PPR formats. Although, I'm seeing now... Is this right? Over the last week, he's the third round ADP? I thought he was going in the second, but I see 33 as the ADP in the NFFC over the last week. Uh, I think I have him in one league so far. I'm open to taking him. I don't know how aggressive I'll be. I guess the question is, you know, how many touchdowns is he going to score? Because we know David Montgomery's probably going to get a lot of goal line carries, and that was a great spot last year, as we saw with Jamal Williams in that Detroit offense. They have one of the top offensive lines. But I do think, especially early in the season, Gibbs is going to be heavily involved. And they took him in the, uh, with the eighth pick, top ten. You usually don't, running backs who go that early, especially in today's environment, they get utilized heavily. You don't draft a running back that early. Detroit clearly was enamored with him. And you look at this passing game, Amon Rossi Brown obviously going to get a ton of targets. He's going <coughs> you know, late first round. And then you know, Jamison Williams suspended for the first six games and banged up. Yeah. After that, they have pedestrian receivers. I know Sam Laporter has gotten positive uh, reports out of training camp, and I think he'll be about. But, I mean, Gibbs is going to be hit with a lot of targets, uh, especially early in the season. So I'm open to taking him in round three if he's available. I'm not going to be aggressive on him, but I could see myself taking him. I think he's that. You're right, though. He is a polarizing player. I think either you, you like him or you don't. I don't think there's a middle ground on him. You either feel like, hey, I'm going to take him. He's going to be... Uh, getting a lot of targets and really going to help with PPR, or you're like, uh, he's too small, he's not going to get goal line carries, there's not going to be enough work. So you are right. Uh, he is polarizing, I think. It's almost like the negatives are just a reaction to how much like people are going overboard with their love for him, right? Like I'm almost, It's not like someone's like, hey, I don't like Gibbs. It's someone's like, hey, I saw your tweet about how much you like Gibbs, and I hate him, and here are four reasons why. That's, yeah. what, that's what I've seen as an outside a Twitter scroller. Where are you on him? You're taking him? No, nah, I just don't care. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't know enough about him or that offense, yeah, really. You're, you're more looking at guys in the 15th round or later to build your brand on. That's it. That's it. I just got. <laughs> I'm not going to build my brand on Gibbs. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, here's He's the go. Like, popular for you. Josh Jacobs in the last 10 days over 
I guess this is this is twelve. You know, we'll do the NFFC twenty fives and fifties. I mean, because then it's still it's still like harmless. Josh Jacobs is going three picks ahead of Gibbs. G- Jacobs is thirty two. Here, here's a good one. Ramondre Stevenson's thirty one. Jacobs is thirty two. Etienne is thirty four, and Gibbs is thirty five. Would you keep that order? Um, I might put Gibbs higher. I think I think they all. Stevenson was a guy that I liked a lot in the offseason. And then I realized that they were definitely going to bring in someone because he wore down last year. If you look at, uh, and I had him on multiple teams, he just wore down. And I think New England was concerned about giving him that big workload. I also think at the same time, they were not pleased with the backups uh, with uh, Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris, which is why they brought in Zeke. So I know people have dropped Stevenson with Zeke there. I don't know if Zeke's going to cut into him that much. Uh, Zeke definitely is not the same player. He lost a lot. He can still be effective on the goal line. He can catch passes. But I still think Stevenson could have a really good year for New England. Um, ETN was a guy I liked a lot last year. Yeah. Had him on a lot of leagues. And I know Tank Bigsby's gotten some hype here. The thing with ETN is he's just not great catching the ball and that was what we thought was going to be one of his biggest strengths and this coaching staff didn't draft him either uh, i know the goal line he wasn't effective last year but there were a lot of situations where the blocking wasn't there so etn's a tough one because this offense is good i think bixby cuts in a little bit but i'm i'm actually fine taking etn in the fourth but i've generally i haven't taken any of those running backs man i'm taking receivers there I would. Like, I want to get. I think. I think the top ten running backs. I mean, T. Higgins, Calvin Ridley are around there. Yeah, I'd rather take them. Like even, like, I think every almost every top running back has big question marks. Well, I mean, I think that's kind of true every year, right? No, I, not. I think this year more than ever that there's a. You can find flaws in in these running backs. Tell you I what, let's like, let's go through the top ten and you give me just five words on what you think their flaws are. Christian McCaffrey. A lot of other guys to share the ball with. If you saw last year, <laughs> five. This is five. Uh, yes. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Elijah Mitchell, when he was healthy, McCaffrey's touches went down. Austin Eckler, new offensive coordinator, won't catch as many passes, relying on touchdowns. Bijan Robinson. I don't see a lot of flaws, but you're hearing that Algier could be involved more. I don't buy it. You don't draft a guy where they did and not use him. So. And rookies, we've seen rookie running backs come in, Barkley, Zeke, and Excel. So I do like him. Uh, Nick Chubb. Love Nick Chubb. The only question mark is, with Kareem Hunt gone, does he get more involved in a passing game? It's a skill set he has. So, But I'll, I'll draft him. End of round one. That doesn't really sound two. like a negative. The neg- No, the only negative is... Uh, what, that he might catch more passes? No, will will he? Will, but I mean, if he just plateaus from where he was last year, that's great. Yeah, but what if they use Jerome Ford in that pass-catching <clears> role <throat> and, and put him in the Kareem Hunt role? I know he's banged up now, but he probably will be ready for the start. That's my only concern. Like, if Chubb catches 20-25 passes uh, in a PPR league, that does hurt him. It, he can still finish as, like, RB 5, 6, 7, 8, but it'll probably prevent him from being, like, top three. Right. Saquon Barkley. Uh, Barkley. Um, Sounds like you like him. I do. 
And I, I don't have a lot of Barkley. No, I think I do. Um, what is the negative for Barkley? Injury? That's it? I mean, uh, you know, maybe the offense can't repeat what it did last year. They're not. How do, how do they not get better? Second year on the table. Daniel Jones had no weapons last year. And now you add Darren Waller, Hyatt, Paris Campbell. Unless the league adjusts to them. But I don't see how they get worse. I mean, Barkley, I guess... Nah, I mean, I, I think Barkley should have another good year. I mean, he's going to get 290 to 300 carries. He's going to catch 50, 60 passes. And if the offense is better, maybe at least the more touchdowns. He had 10 last year. So I think he should be fine. Uh, Tony Pollard is number six. Big question with him is, can he handle the workload? Um, obviously, looking at what Dallas did, I mean, they didn't bring anyone in. Um, so either they really like Rico Dowdle and Deuce Vaughn, and the, the crazy part is everyone's like, well, Dallas is going to become a running team. If you look at what they did, that's not how they built the team. They brought in Brandon Cooks, Gallup's a, another year recovery from an ACL injury. So I do like Pollard. I'll draft him. I think the biggest concern is can he handle a, a, a bigger workload? Uh, Derek Henry. Look, I... I was out of Derrick Henry last year. It looked bad early. Then he got hurt again. I think it's clear with Derrick Henry, right? Age and workload. That's it. But do you do you feel good betting against this guy? I mean, he just goes out there and bullies everyone. So, 349 carries last year. Uh, he did wear down in the second half. but So, I think, yeah, age and workload is the biggest thing um, for Henry. Jonathan Taylor. Well, we already talked to him a little bit. How about yeah. Najee Harris? Uh, he's just not an efficient back, man. He needs heavy volume. Uh, he's not explosive. He's been under four yards per carry his first two years. Doesn't break long runs. We know Jalen Warren. Everyone saw the 62-yard run, and people think Warren should be more involved, and he kind of was more efficient. Um, so that's really the big thing. Does Najee Harris start to lose, uh, especially targets in the past game to Jalen Warren? Here's something that's, uh, you know how NFFC gives you the, the highest and the lowest that they've gone in these drafts? Yeah. Harris seems to have the, and maybe this is just like the way I'm looking at it, his high has been 23, his low has been 31. And it seems like that's the tightest window of any running back. You know, like there's, there's not that huge gap between those two numbers. There's eight picks, you know. Some of them are, you know, Jonathan Taylor's 12 and 28. Uh, you know, Saquon seven and sixteen. Like that's like a different world between seven and sixteen. But twenty three to thirty one, it looks like Najee Harris has found like a little comfortable nest that he's built in that area. That's very interesting. Like second round. Yeah, I think. I'm sorry, third round. Third him. round. You're drafting him for volume. I mean, he hasn't missed the game. He was hurt last year, but he played through it. So maybe you could say, well, he was dealing with an injury. He played through it. Um, he was better towards the end of last year. Um, down the stretch, he got much better, so maybe he got healthier. I do think Pittsburgh improved the offensive line. I think they're a better offense this year, even though they are in a tough division. But you're banking on volume with Najee Harris, and that's always risky because if that volume decreases, that really will hurt him. So, But people might be like, well, they just came out and said he's the RB1. But I right. just, he's too risky for me, man. Uh, There's your coach of the year, Mike Tomlin. You know what? The pro- See, the problem is he's a well-established coach that people respect. 
usually if you look at coach of the year, it's someone who takes a team that's not good and they overachieve. Like Dable last year, right? Everyone thought, oh, Giants are going to be bad. And he got them to the playoffs with a winning record. So kind of that's what you're looking for. It's really hard for a guy like Tomlin to get it. Uh, they were 9-8 and eight last year. So they would have to go. I think they would need to win 13 games for him right. to be in the conversation. Yeah. Uh, whether you agree or disagree, that's kind of if you – when you look at these awards, you look at the pattern. Okay, what does it take to win it? It usually is someone who takes a really bad team and has them overachieve. Fine. I, hey, I just don't want you to throw your money away. No, well, I mean, I hadn't really <laughs> dove deep in. Yeah, I have to still. No, but but it just, yeah. We did talk before. I do think the coaching award is uh, market is very interesting because – I think that's a market where I would put money on three or four guys because you can make a case for several. It's trying to predict, you know, what what team is going to exceed expectations. Right. I mean, Dan Campbell's a favorite. He uh, is. But he's I such mean, a trendy pick, though, man. Yeah. They were 9-8. and eight, So they had a good year. They finished the season strong. I guess if they won the division, I guess it's the narrative with him, right? And that team you know they've been yeah. so bad for so long so i agree with you though i, I don't I, I don't think i would bet him and he's yeah he's among the favorites so why would i do that look at us getting along like that it's beautiful it is it's yeah. glorious um listen man, we've had we got a good 45 minutes in here ronas i know you got i don't know what are you doing tonight uh, you gonna pour yourself a ciroc article. light a fire yeah, I'm, I'm working on an article man oh nice for the messenger Yes, for the messenger. That's great. That's great. I'm excited, man. I see it in uh, in Twitter a bunch. Yeah, so let me click on that. See what my friend's got to say. Adam Ronis in front of the paywall. It's great. It's a whole new era. No, no paywall. That's what I'm saying. You're in front of like you're not. Okay. People have yeah. to pay to read Adam Ronis right now. I know. I've been getting that question. So, um, how much are your rankings? I'm like, they are free. Come check them out. That's got to feel good, right? It does, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, there are obviously everyone needs to make money. Uh, there's other ways that you could pay if you want my advice, though. Right. Oh, well, yeah. Right. Uh, subtext and that other. It's like a draft valet. It looks like the other thing you're doing, like the live video. No, answers. that's a video video call. Is that it? Undid it. Undid it. Yeah. You just a cameo, you know. like a cameo thing. Well, it's more than cameo. You you could get to one on one advice on video for as. You know, long as you want, depending on how much you want to spend. Have you had one yet? Has it been uncomfortable with anyone just being like, I got another nah, 10 minutes and I've asked all my was, questions? No, I had a call the other day for 35 minutes and I was doing it in a hotel parking lot. <laughs> wow. I'm sure they felt like they got what they paid for. Well, what do you want me to do? You called me at 7 o'clock on a Friday night and I was out in Canton, Ohio for the Fantasy Football Expo. So I was walking around getting in some steps and someone called. So I'm not going to deny the call. All right. Yeah, that's fair. Um that's great, man. This is good. I enjoyed having a having a chat with my old friend Adam Ronis. Yes, and hopefully we can do lunch sometime soon. Come on over Friday if you don't want to go to the Mets game. All right, if I don't go, I will come over Friday. And is, if you uh, do go, you should get a press pass. You're having a lot of people come? No, like just like five guys. Okay, five guys? Yeah, four. Five guys, five guys burger and fries. Uh, no, I just do. I just you know, told some of the guys, come on, buddy Serge is in town. I'm like, hey, come on, hang out with Serge. Okay. Yeah. It's at night, so will you serve pancakes? Yeah, that's you know how it works. Like, <laughs> come at five, pancakes at six. Uh, <laughs> all the Ciroc a little boy could dream of. 
Yeah, Nando's a big proponent of you can't eat breakfast after 11 a.m. I just don't. I just. It was just an odd thing to do. It was a little jarring. No, it's not odd. I. Oh, you can eat pancakes anytime you want. There's a reason why IHOP's open 24 hours in some places. They have burgers. Who eats burgers at IHOP? I, I, look, I don't have a problem with it. Like we used to have pancakes for dinner when we were kids. You know what I mean? Like that's how we were brought up. Like yeah, we're having pancakes. All right, cool. But you got you got upset at me for eating pancakes at noon. There's I got upset that, that you sent back your order. No, stop. There's a difference. I did not send it back. I said I was okay with it. Yeah. And they, said no. <laughs> they insisted no, because I didn't want the powdered sugar. That's all. Right. That's a strange move. You never, damn, you just never forget anything, man. You brought it up. You love, you, you love the harp on the on the little things, man. You brought it up. No, you did. I said, come over and hang out Friday. And you're like, well, pancakes. I'm like, all right, here we go. Right, Muscle memory. I, I didn't talk about sending an order back, which is false. I didn't send it back. They insisted. They like realized, oh yeah, this is what you asked for. We didn't do it. I said, no, nah, I'm good. And they said, no, 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 we'll we'll switch it. You act like I was being an an ass to them and said, take it back now. I don't want uh, this. I didn't do that. Stop. I guess we remember things a little differently. <laughs> yeah, I remember them accurately, and you twist. <laughs> That's for the good of the show, Ronas. Now I see what Chris McCarroll deals with. Uh, yeah. Such such a horrible thing. He gets to sit there and answer questions. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Let's let the people go listen to other stuff and uh, enjoy right, their lives. Um, All right, man, it's good. It's fun. Thanks, thanks, man. We'll do this no again problem. sometime. Anytime for you. Yeah. Uh, check out the rest of the shows on this feed. Well, actually, since you're listening to this on the two show feed at the moment, uh, check out Fantasy Freestyle with Dana Medica. It's a great show. Come support the starting five. We'll talk to you later. Bye.